One day, Peter and John were going to the temple at the hour of prayer. It's a wonderful thing when we go to the temple at the hour of prayer. Um, we, uh, we need to be convinced that going to church is an important thing. And that is basic if we are to give a witness. And that's what we do. Uh, in, the, in the portion that we read, verse 15 makes it very clear. It says, and verse 15, and you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And that is uh, the uh, that is what the Acts is all about. The Acts is the book that witnesses everything that happened uh, with the apostles after the ascension of Jesus Christ. Um, sometimes we wonder if the words of Jesus in Matthew twenty-eight. 19 and 20, and Acts 1, 8 have lost their meaning for us. You may remember, he said there, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. These words of Jesus was given as a commission to his followers to share him with the world. That's what we hear about. That's what we're all supposed to be doing. We don't need any extra uh, gifts we are all to be witnessing to what the Lord has done for us. Most of us has, have failed. Most of us have failed in the sharing of Christ with others. We make the great commission our great omission. Because of this fact, we need to look at why a Christian must share Christ. Why a Christian must share Christ. And that's the title of the sermon this morning. Why a Christian must share Christ. This is imperative. This is a must. Must. Why a Christian must share Christ. This is not an option. This is something we must do. And so, with a study of Acts 3, especially verses 1 through 10, we find some answers as to why Christians must share Christ. First of all, Christians must share Christ because they know the spiritual needs of others. Peter and John went to the temple to pray, but on the way they saw somebody. They ran into somebody who had needs. He had a need. And... Although Peter and John were 
on their way to the temple to pray, they could not help but see this lame man at the gate of the temple. They knew that this man had a great need. But it was not a need for money. It was a need for the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. As Christians, as Christians, we know the needs of others. We know what other people need. Many people run around looking for something. And they're looking all over. As the, as the saying goes, looking for love in all the wrong places. And we know what that need is. Because we are also humans. And we are in the same uh, predicament. We know from personal experience what the need of the world is. We have the experience of being separated from God. At one time, I had no idea what God was all about. We used to go to church, yes. As a matter of fact, we went to church almost every day. And we listened to the preaching, we studied the word, we sang the songs, but I had no idea what they were talking about. None whatsoever. I thought it was just something that you did. Something that you did every week, because if you didn't, your mother and your father, well, mostly my mother would get on my case. <laughs> and that's why I went to church, because my mother would get on my case. And we went to church every Sunday and other days when we were able to. So from experience, we know what it is like not to have God in our lives. Not to have God. It was a terrible thing not to know. We also have the experience of being troubled by guilt caused by sin. Guilt caused by sin. It's a terrible thing, this guilt. You know, we feel guilty every day. Every time we do something or we don't do something, you know, we feel guilty. Guilt is everywhere. When we get up in the morning, we feel guilty if we didn't get up on time. Or we, we even feel guilty if we get on, up early. You know, maybe I should have slept another hour or so. Whatever we do, we're feeling guilty. And as soon as we step out of the house, as soon as we step and, and start to meet people, uh, all kinds of things happen and we feel guilty because of sin. We know we've done wrong. We know it. Nobody has to preached to us on Sunday morning that we did wrong. We knew that we were doing wrong. As a child, I knew that I was doing wrong, you know. One day I was, I was coming home from school and I, and, uh, I had bought this little packet of candy cigarettes. How many know, remember those candy cigarettes? Candy cigarettes. They were candy for Pete's sake. Candy cigarettes, and I was eating my candy cigarettes, but I was holding it in such a way, you know, and my father saw me. Bianca, come here. And he gave me a talking to that I'll never forget. Well, I still remember it after 60 years. That was wrong. And even though it was a candy cigarette, it was still wrong because 
I had instructions from my father, my mother, and the whole church and everybody that I knew. Wrong thing to do. By experience, guilt because of ourselves. And that was a light thing. There's also so many other things that happened in our childhood, in our teenage years, that brought guilt to us. I know that by experience. There was also, by experience, we, we understood uh, the, the, uh, the way we were uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. When people started to talk about God, started to talk about spiritual understanding, uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. By experience, we know that because we were uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable when people talked to me about God. I don't want to go there. No, I'm not sure I want to go to this place. Uncomfortable because of what was being said about God, about spiritual knowledge. And then we know the needs of people because we read it in the Bible. In the Bible it tells us. The Bible teaches us all people are sinners. That's, that's something that's in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We know that from the Bible. We also know that sin brings death from the Bible. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. There are a great number of people who need Christ. great number of people. And they all have this need. And they may be our friends, our loved ones, or someone that we don't know. As a Christian... Do we understand the needs of others as far as the gospel goes? Christians, secondly, must share Christ because of what Christ has done for them. What the Lord has done for me. What the Lord has done for you. We have this need to share Christ. Peter and, and Peter said to, to the, to the lame man, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give. We need to give because we've got, we have in us those things that the people need. What has Christ given us? We must share Christ to others because of what he has done for us, what he has given us. First of all, he's given us everlasting life. John 3.16, our favorite uh, verse, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we have everlasting life. And many of us, even as Christians, we don't understand that. But we do have everlasting life. And we need to share that with others. Secondly, we have forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 1.7 says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Sin is something that people don't like to talk about. 
there is no sin. We have addictions, we have diseases, we have illnesses. Sin, what is that? Used to be that sin was the most terrible thing in the world. Now, it doesn't even exist anymore. Are we sinning? No, we're not sinning. I mean, who wants to hear that they're living in sin? Who wants to hear that they're living in sin? No, it's, it's not a nice thing to hear. But sin is real. And sin is what is causing all of our problems. But we have forgiveness. All those things that bring up this guilt in our lives, Jesus has provided forgiveness. And then we have peace with God. Oh, peace with God. Isn't that a wonderful thing? To know that we are at peace with God. I mean, we could, we could take a lot of things in our lives if we know that we have peace with God. If I know that things are well with my God, and we can sing that's, that hymn, it is well with my soul. It is well, you know, in spite of everything that's going on around us, in spite of the situation in Washington and in Harrisburg and wherever, I know that I have peace with God. Romans 5, 1 tells us, therefore, being justified by faith, it's very important, this justification by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. Mm. Peace. Just the word itself, just thinking about that, is enough to tell us that we're okay. And then we have a purpose. The Lord has given us a purpose, a purpose for our life. I mean, people are always searching for a purpose. They go to distant countries, go up to the mountain to find, you know, their purpose. What is my purpose? What am I doing here? Why am I here? Well, Matthew 6.33, Jesus says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's our purpose. Our purpose is to seek the kingdom of God. Our purpose is to glorify God. That is our purpose. Christians must share Christ because they know that he is the only one, the only hope for us all. Jesus is our only hope. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, we read this, these words. Jesus, uh, I'm going to read 11 also. This Jesus is, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders. It has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among mortals by which we must be saved. Christ is the only way to salvation. Now, I know that's a little narrow-minded. <coughs> I know it's not... It's not a, uh, a spirit of tolerance and 
perhaps people will have a problem with what we say when we say that Christ is the only hope. But whatever you want to say, Christ is the only hope. Christ is the only way to salvation. We just read it in Acts 4.12. Christ is the only mediator between God and man. There is nobody else. There just isn't. There's nothing and no one next to him. He is the only one that died for our sins. He's the only one. There's nobody else. John 14, 6 says, Jesus speaking says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one. That's pretty exclusive. No one comes to the Father but by me. The Lord's own words. Can't get away from that. Can't, you know, you could, you can make all kinds of arguments, but you can't get away from that. Galatians 1, 4 says that Christ is the sacrifice for our sin. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So Jesus is the only hope. And since he is the only hope for the world, we must share Jesus with others. What kind of people would we be if we knew we had a cure for cancer and we didn't tell other people? When we knew what the, the solution for a certain problem would be and we wouldn't tell other people, keep it to ourselves. We must tell what Christ did for us and be a witness. In a story from R.L. Middleton's My Cup Runneth Over, he tells us of a missionary using a flannel graph to aid her in telling a group of schoolchildren about Jesus. As she talked, an elderly man with stooped shoulders and gray hair joined the children. He sat with rapt attention as the missionary told the story of God's grace as it, revealed, as, it, as it is revealed in Christ. After the children were dismissed, the old man came up to the missionary with this question. May I ask, madam, is this interesting and intriguing story true? Of course, the missionary said. It is the word of God. With countenance and voice revealing his doubt, the old gentleman said, This is the first time in my life that I have ever heard that one must give his life to Jesus to have forgiveness from sin and to have life with God forever. Then with a note of finality, he concluded, This story cannot be true or someone. This story cannot be true or someone would have come before now to tell it. I am an old man. My parents lived their lives and died without ever having heard this message. It cannot be true. Or someone would have come sooner. Although she tried hard, the missionary could not convince the old gentleman of this truth from God's word. Turning to make his way back into the denseness of the jungle and the darkness of sin, he kept repeating the words. It cannot be true. It cannot be true or someone would have come sooner. 
What are we waiting for? That is the question. We know why we must. Why aren't we if we're not? Heaven help us if we don't. That's what we come to church every Sunday. To witness to what God is doing in our life. I didn't tell my wife to, to do what she did today. About coming up and, and saying what God has done for us. I didn't tell her that. But God who orchestrates everything. And when she said that, I said, wow, that goes right along with the sermon. Because that's what we do. That's what we are supposed to do. That's what we're here for. And that's why God has left us on this earth. To witness, to tell others, to share with others what God has done for us. May the Lord help us to do so. Father, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to witness to what you have done for us. And we pray, Lord, that at each opportunity we might have the courage to stand up and give an account of the hope that is in us. Not in a boasting way, but in a humble, loving way to those that are in need. We ask this in Jesus' name.